Hello, my name is Megan Rowe and welcome to the Primary Music Teaching Podcast. Today I have with me Gemma Freese and Laura Jones. Hello! Hello! And this is the first episode of this podcast where I'm hoping to explore the boundaries primary school teachers face when teaching music. In my time so far in schools, I've noticed a shared lack of confidence amongst teachers around teaching a subject which I thought was meant to be the best, most exciting thing ever. So in this series, I want to discuss the struggles teachers face, but also the triumphs and success stories. And I want to provide a resource for primary school teachers to help them build on their confidence in teaching music so that we can support our students in their music education and ultimately produce the next generation of artists and musicians. So I have asked Gemma Freese and Lara Jones to join me today, seeing as we are actually in a band together. <laughs> so, Oh my God. I know. So would, would you, uh, one by one, starting with Gemma, just introduce yourself and say what it is you do and where your music education began. I am Gemma Fries. I'm a musician, performer and composer and I am part of Jay Frisco with Megan and Lara. Um, my own solo music and I'm also part of Dommy and I play for Maximo Park and I did, so I did a music GCSE um, in Sheffield and then I did a what was it called? A BTEC, like from 16 to 18. And then I went to Leeds Conservatoire at about 20. So I'm 26 now. So I graduated three years ago and I got a first in pop composition and jazz vocals. Yes. Okay, Lara, over to you. Hi, so yeah, I'm Lara. I play in saxophone and I'm also a composer. Um, I play in Jay Fisco and also a band called Beyond Albedo. Um, I originally started actually playing the piano when I was about five years old um, and then I moved to Scotland and I got some clarinet lessons uh, when I was about seven or eight and then I moved back to England and carried on with the clarinet like a bit, kind of fell out of love with it and then when I was 17 I started playing the saxophone and then a year later, I went to Leeds Conservatoire 2 and I started on uh, the classical course. So I'd always studied classical music up until then. Um, and then I switched to the jazz course and I actually ended up with a degree in jazz and classical saxophone performance. Um, but now I actually would be doing mostly a lot of uh, composing, composition um, but maybe that's just the nature of the times. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say that. Is that, do you find that a lot of your work has turned into composition more than performance now with the way things have gone? Yeah, I think like it's a, it's a way of surviving the current times. Um, but also I think when, like for example, when we had first graduated, we were kind of on like a bit of a roll of doing loads of gigs and it maybe didn't like matter so much um like how stable our lives were like where we were all the time 
um, necessarily how much money we were earning and we were just kind of like on a roll weren't we of just doing gigs after gigs after gigs um, and then I, I guess kind of things like settle out a bit um, and it, so I think it's definitely the nature of the times with 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 COVID-19 but also I think things do just start to change a bit like you um, you kind of like you go from being like emerging in the industry to like kind of being existing somewhere inside it um and like hopefully people then like just ask you to do things and like at the moment it just seems to be um composition stuff but inspired i guess by improvisation and like performance but i don't know maybe i don't know if you guys feel the same with that yeah i think similar to you and also for me it's more it's it's always suited my personality more when I started playing piano as well I was more interested in making my own music because I didn't think that playing someone else's music was like a skill (laughs) 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 I just thought yeah you're playing (laughs) I know I'm literally just like just insulting so many people but I just thought like but surely composing is combining the skill of performing and making your own music and if you're playing someone else's music then what are you trying to say it was if that's just how I felt like as a young as like someone who was like starting composing and I guess I like, rebelling against an idea of what people had told me music was and obviously like performing is so much different than what I thought it was just thinking it's not just playing an instrument it's the way you interact with the audience it's the way that you deliver things as well I think that I never learned that from from certain types of like piano teaching that I got taught it was like you play this correctly and that is you performing (laughs) yeah it's so weird isn't it that we kind of we teach like that it's very much like this is how we do this thing on this instrument um but then there's like never a discussion until so much later about um yeah how you interact with your audience or even like how you promote a gig is totally going to change your experience of a performance and yet we all work towards these like well not all but some of us I guess have worked towards these like graded exams or like learned in this like very um like particular way where it's like you know you learn this piece of music and you learn your scales and it's either wrong or it's right um but actually even in the classical world that's that's not how things are um because it depends where you're going to go and perform that music and who's listening and uh, who's conducting and all, all this kind of stuff. Mm. It's, yeah. I think that's really interesting. I think that's something that is really important in what I want to try and extract from these conversations is that there is no, there is no standard, there is no way that music should be done, although we have this belief that it is like that and that you have to be at a certain level to be able to teach or or even be involved in music um and i suppose it that's the problem it's that it's that people who are teaching music or you know teachers of other subjects and trying to teach music will think that you have to be a certain level to be able to teach it and they'll think it has to be a certain there might be like a certain instrument that they're biased to they might think like oh i can't just do vocals there might be like they might be in a school choir and they think, oh, that's not an instrument. So there's that as well. And it's like they don't have... And then they might expect kids to be like that as well. So it's like the thing, like, there's a lot of stigma of, like, certain types of, like, of art, whereas other subjects, a teacher will happily just know 
certain basics and like what and then and then teach that to their students yeah I, that's something oh sorry no carry on carry on <laughs> i was gonna say something that i know we've all spoken about before as well that like um there's this like myth of music in schools i think where you like to teach music it has to be um the dead white composers and like i know of course there's obviously the curriculum um so that obviously plays a massive part but also kids couldn't be more um uh surrounded and like into music especially these days they listen to it all the time like everyone's got headphones they've all got them wireless headphones now not everyone but you know it's it's definitely it's definitely like around a lot isn't it music and it's like it's becoming more and more accessible you've got spotify kids are on youtube all the time um music videos it's like kids know a lot about music um so it's like begin from them i know that's what makes you obviously like yeah. always taking that on that's where you always start with like listening uh, thing and learning from them as well yeah I think a lot of it is with what I've experienced so far with teaching in schools is taking what the kids already know like what you were saying what they're already surrounded by and then analyzing it in a really kid-friendly mm. way um, so we know that kids are exposed to music from birth that we know that they they hear people sing and they hear adverts they see things on youtube they are always around music um and it's then giving them the skills to use music to change your mood or to feel something or to make something um so i think a lot of teachers feel this panic that there's this thing that they can't do because they don't play an instrument really well when actually a lot of it is just about understanding what is around us. Um, and I think something that really alienates teachers and just anyone is the jargon. And as well, if I, I don't know if you've read this, uh, the National Music Curriculum, which is, it really, when you get down to the nitty gritty of it, it's, it's quite straightforward in what you actually have to be able to do, but the wording makes it so hard for anyone who doesn't understand music. So I'll just read you a little section just so you can see what I'm saying. So this is key stage two. Pupils should be taught to play and perform in solo and ensemble contexts using their voices and playing musical instruments with increasing accuracy, fluency, control and expression. Improvise and compose music for a range of purposes using the interrelated dimensions of music. Listen with attention to detail and recall sounds with increasing oral memory. Use and understand staff and other musical no notations. And that's just a few of the bullet points. And if you didn't know about music and had a, you know, you'd done it at A level or something, how the heck would you be able to decode that into your lesson plan and then explain it to children when it, these are all words that are just so alien to people? Um, so this is part of the reason why I want to, to have these discussions is to try and break these things down and make it not so scary for teachers because 
those concepts are actually quite straightforward, but the jargon alienates people. Also, you wouldn't use jargon with a with a with a child. I mean, I know that they're using that to then like that they need to do like self assessments, and that's the the language that they would use for that. But like, if they're having to decode it just so that they can teach it, and then again change the language again for self assessments, it's like it's quite a long process. And like inter, what was the that's my favorite bit? <laughs> the interrelating inter- dimensions of music. Interrelated dimensions of music, which means texture, timbre, tone, um, you know, rhythm, melody, harmony, all that stuff, which really... Just list that. Yeah, but a lot of that, like, you learn those key terms at GCSE level, really, don't you? And if you are are a primary school teacher who hasn't done GCSE music, then you're already like, oh, I need to do loads of research now into what this means. It's quite stressful. Um... And that's what I've seen from different schools that I've worked at so far is this like, (gasps) I don't know how to do that. I don't know anything about music. I can't sing. I I can't play an instrument. How am I going to teach these kids? It's a wider problem though as well, isn't it? Because I think just in general, we've got this like um, hierarchy of like, you're a musician or that musicians are non-musicians when like, actually that's just not true is it because like you say there's music everywhere kids get sung to by their parents their guardians there's nursery rhymes like you, we all are surrounded by it all the time um yeah and I guess I guess maybe it's like trying to tap into that and it you know just just by singing a song you'd be exploring the interrelated dimensions yeah. of music <laughs> because it's got rhythm and timbre or whatever it is um going on so like maybe just yeah. less pressure on it and also um, because it it's so funny that the way you read that I was well I started off and I was like this is okay like <laughs> yeah. first sentence I was like no this is fine <laughs> it just gets worse and worse and worse mm. it goes on it's like hard harder to understand what I mean but there's not much emphasis on I know it uses the word compose but the goals none of it is to do with how much someone is using their creativity or imagination i don't hear that in that's the goals that's really important i think yeah um because that's what kids can do really naturally as well um and i think as well what i've noticed is that it's very abstract and a lot of those things that are the criteria they are very hard to assess because how do it sometimes for if how do you assess that a child has understood the concept of rhythm and how do you prove that you have that they can do that in you know if they have a music book that they write in how do you prove that that child understands rhythm it, it, i think that can also be a bit of a a problem and to what extent do they understand it you know it's and that's when it sort of leads into right well we'll just go down the abrsm route because that we know that that's that can be written they can then do notation and that that could be a way that they understand it but i think that's another barrier is the way that we assess a child's learning whereas a kid could make this really creative thing on garage band that just shows how excited and how tuned in they are but if they haven't ticked those boxes for you, you can't give them that. You can't say that they've done it. But you know, it's 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 very hard to analyse um, their progress. So 
that's that's fantastic. Thank you so much for that discussion. <laughs> I've got a few questions now, more about you two. And Ooh. because you are you are professional musicians and you do education as well. Um but I want to talk more about the music side. And first question is what has music given to you? Starting with Lara. <laughs> My face and I was like, not me, not me. I read that. (laughs) Um, It's just given me like a life, like genuinely. Um, uh, I don't even know. It's like really not much more to say than that. It's just just in everything that I do. It's like all I think about. Um, And it's just like, for me, it's it's my go-to. And it's how I... um, it's just like how I uh, experience and express things. As like um, cliche as that all sounds, like also it's just really true. Um, I've just yeah, I just feel like I've done it forever, um, and I I I don't know what I would do without it. It's just, and it's it's everything. It's like all my friends and a lot most of my friends are musicians. Um, it's you know if I was going to do something in the evening, it would be listening to music or pre and hopefully post covid go to a gig you know it's just that's that's what my that's what my life is about really um yeah <laughs> just give me everything Gemma. Hmm. um i'd say i'd say it's it's creativity at its core is like who i am and, and that's how i make sense of the world and that's what ma- makes sense to me i think in abstract ways like i'm usually not very good at describing something in a logical way but if someone tells me to use emotive language or creative language or I'm I'm suddenly really really good and when I was younger I always loved creating stories so like games I was always making up new games and even though music is the main thing I do like you know I like making board games anything that's like has a story so each song for me or like let's say Mm -hmm. it might be an album will it's it has a start and it has a finish so it is a story and I think that that's what I that's what I like the best is like it's it's it is like a story or a chapter or it's capturing a moment and that for me like that's makes more sense to me because it's so linear well usually it is like music has a start and then a finish whereas other pieces of art I don't connect to as much because it's may, maybe all in one go you're maybe seeing something all in one go or <clears throat> or I don't know, maybe I am more of an oral person. So it's everything, really, (laughs) to us. I mean, there's a lot of people (laughs) who feel that. I think there's a lot of people that say music is my life. Um, And that in itself is, is just a really big reason to put music education first and start to... Put it, yeah. Put it first, and and really think about how we can, how we can embed it into our our plans. With um, well, we know that it helps people with with mental health. We already know that, like, and and with memory as well. Like, we already know it has all these like benefits, and especially for the you know for the body as well. You know, obviously dancing and moving to music as well. But it's just like those those benefits 
don't aren't as important as, as other things as like you know you're gonna make loads of money from this which mm. you're not gonna make I, money and also like um i was speaking to someone the other day like a like a banker type person and <laughs> <Boom>. he was <laughs> no he was he was great and you know what he he he, he had i tell him like what my my profession was i told him i was a musician and he straight away his whole everything about him changed and he was like you're a, you're, a, you're a musician. Like, I was on the phone. You're a musician. Suddenly, he's really interested. And he's like, I'm, I'm, I make music. And he, he was like, what music, what music do you make? And turns out we make, like, similar type of music. And he was like, um, well, I was just kind of like, can I, can I send you my SoundCloud? Like, and he was so excited. And he's like, sent me his SoundCloud links. And he wants me to send his back, mine, sorry, mine to him. And he was saying, like, so he works his nine to five. And then his outlet and his love is making this music, and he's done it for like longer than I have because he's old. He's older than me, um, but that's the thing. It's like we're doing these jobs that like I just <laughs> I love it. <laughs> like, I'm so into what I do as a job. I absolutely love it. Couldn't ask for a better job. Like it's just great. I every every time I'm like someone someone pays me to play the saxophone or pays me to write a piece of music I'm just like ev- I still haven't got over it I'm just like well that's great that's just like a dream and I feel like there's so many people out there that don't have that instead they're working jobs that like bore them or they're trying to get away from and instead they use music going to gigs um writing music after they finish work um putting a record on whatever it is to um de-stress after their day of whatever their whatever the other type of work is that you can do but so it's like it's yeah it can I just think it has influence across so many different people's lives not just those that do become professional musicians yeah definitely definitely um what has been no I'm gonna I'm gonna go for a different one um do you think that in the future, there will be more creative jobs for for people. That's considering that <laughs> the latest post has been <laughs> been around, say basically saying, "Crave people, do something else. We don't want you doing creative jobs." And there's there's like there's one side of the story which is that you know, internet is a is a massive part of everyone's lives, and with social media, like everyone's you know filming or capturing sound or you know we're kind of basically performing to each other sending each other funny videos of things so we're we are creating stuff for friends all of that is obviously for free we're not doing that for a purpose but i don't think that you know higher up the the ladder to the people that actually make these decisions they they don't want that they don't want that to happen Yeah, I would agree. I think um, the scary thing with uh, all of the kind of social media and like tech stuff is that I think it's easier at like one level to see it as like, oh, we're all being so creative and like, oh, like there's these filters and emojis or whatever it is and oh, you can make this thing so quickly now um, that looks amazing. Um, but one, it's not actually, it's not necessarily digging into what those things actually are whether that matters or not and to like in order for those things to exist there's a massive tech industry out there 
that is just stealing our data. Um, and yeah, I, uh, so I don't know. I think, I think people, I think people in a way have more opportunity to be creative because of like computers, um, and like all of the tech that is out there, but then it's like this double-edged sword. Yeah. So maybe of like having this, like to have that, you then it's like propped up by this, um, tech industry yeah world. maybe people are becoming more likely and able to be creative but potentially there are fewer jobs or i don't know i i i'd say there's more there's more job i wouldn't say there's less jo- there's like jobs in loads of different areas now which there weren't before and they weren't accessible to different types of people you know obviously with everything that happens in the world race and gender are part of everything. So there's people that, you know, weren't allowed to do certain things and weren't allowed to have certain jobs. So, and that still happens now. So that will also change things because that's changing the balance. That's changing what people see as well. But because you can, you know, you can write music for adverts, you can, you know, create jingles, you can write music for film. You get paid on Instagram these days, oh, yeah. Yeah, influencers like, there's all these like <laughs> new jobs cropping up which i think those will continue to crop up but but i just think it's that thing of like that's because this this being propped up by this thing yeah is it is it really creative is i think we're going to have more discussions about authenticity uh and the when it starts to get into marketing and people making stuff like it for example an influencer you would they might say oh i'm so creative i've just got such a creative job i love what i do but then if you link it to the authenticity side of things you might question how that links to their creativity if they are <laughs> if they're doing it for i disagree because they might be performing so if they're creating contact and they're performing as a character, yes, mm. maybe they're not being authentic, but that's really true. So yeah, I, that's so I true. wouldn't say that you have authenticity has something to do with creativity, but it it it, it does for so, it does for some people, and it's definitely a really good topic for music. Yeah, I wonder how that will change if if say for example there become a lot more ways for people to be creative. Does the value of the creativity decrease? Or does it stay the same? Is is everything creative that we do? I think there's high art, isn't there? There's always that thing of like high art and like what is seen. Um, and that has, I think that does have something to do with, or maybe it doesn't have anything to do with authenticity. I don't think it does because it's like, you know, like opera is seen as, was seen as high art, wasn't it? And that's not, Yeah. Auth- people are playing a character. So, but it is authentic to the, to the genre like they don't just like suddenly do something else there's a tradition isn't there so it's tradition as well interesting i think there's going to be more discussions about this the way the way we move forward now especially with what's going on Mm. yeah that's the other side of it as well isn't it it's like also like climate change and like you know we've been in this pandemic for like a year it nearly it's gonna carry on and 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 
you know we've got this vaccine and like we're saying like you know there's an end to it but then you think about the wider picture and it's like you know is this just going to things like this going to keep happening um and they know now that they can lock us in our homes and this kind of thing um so like i don't know that they can shut down the arts um so easily like i don't know if is there something in that um but I guess also from that, like we've all found ways to be creative as well. We've like all creatively come up with ways to deal with that. It like creatively, creativity doesn't ever stop, yeah. does it? Yeah, like, and the desire to do like if you're that kind of person that wants to make things and like share that that thing with somebody, whether whether whatever type of creativity that is, we haven't stopped. You know, even though we've like we've not gigged, we still like have this desire to do it um so we find like we find ways i guess yeah there's something very creative about surviving lockdown and and i feel as though (laughs) there's been so many there's been so many new things that people have done where you're like oh this person started a youtube channel (laughs) and i don't even know they knew how to edit videos or you know there's so much more of that now where people are just really thinking outside the box about how to be proactive from here which is part to do with why we're having this conversation right now um because i can't teach in school at the moment i'm teaching from home um okay so moving towards teaching again what has been your favorite no i've got a better one what's the biggest thing teaching has taught you It's t- oh, it's taught me so much. It's taught me that I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's taught brilliant. me. It's taught me. Sh- shut up, ego. You know, like, you know that I've got a student who writes her own horror stories, and then she writes her own music as like a background to these horror horror stories. No one's told her to do this. I've not given her any direction, and it's just what she's come up with is it's amazing. And I'm like, That's am- I you're love that. nine years old. So it's it's really good. It's kind of, it's hard because you're so insecure. You know, the older you get, I feel like there's like, you're more insecure and you're more anxious because you, you just have, you're trying to filter everything through. But it's like, I've just got to let go of all that because wow, that, that was amazing. So it's taught me, it's definitely taught me to let go of my ego in terms of, mu- in terms of be- being a musician. And it's also taught me, I guess it's taught me to to be mm. <laughs> it's taught me to be a better teacher because like I you know I music is a subject that I really love and I just want I want everyone to have fun but I've got to make sure that they actually mm. like yeah get something out of it and that there's a goal because my I know that my view and like what I what I would want to get out of a lesson is different than what a student would want like sometimes I'm like what would ooh, what would young me like to do but like everyone has a different thing like maybe they do just want to like learn classical scales and I have to be okay with it I don't not every student is going to be like oh I'm going to compose this like cool thing yeah Yeah, I would agree with that like it's definitely taught me to be adaptable um so I I just like I always start yeah if I get like a new student like a one-to-one student it's always like how how do you want to learn 
like what do you what do you want to learn and it's everyone's different you know I've got like some students that have never read a note of music and that's cool I love teaching like that and we just do it all by um I play something he plays something and figures it out that way and I've got some that uh to the page um so I guess it's just being yeah like adaptable and also to slow down um I think I definitely I get really excited and I want to like um I think like I came to like teaching through a lot of work doing like a lot of workshops and so um I feel like you get given these like precious hour or two hour slots with some students and you want them to walk away feeling like really excited um and you try and like get as much as you can into those two hours because you might not see them again um whereas I guess it's yeah different teaching styles different things whereas like one I've had to like learn to slow down with one to one students it's like oh I'm going to see you again next week um so it's okay if we didn't quite get to this thing um and like yeah I guess to like really like enjoy that thing it's like we're going to learn the note g today and that's great like Mm. there's so many things we can do with g um yeah so i think to like check myself that i'm like yeah that's a really really good point i i definitely do that with mine because i think oh you're so you've got so much potential i want you to know all this straight away and then i realize oh it doesn't work like that at all (laughs) my expectations are far too high (laughs) um yeah oh brilliant um okay next question then is (laughs) who's the best music teacher you've ever had who's yeah like one of but but someone it doesn't have to be the best i just mean that someone who who in their teaching in the way that they they worked with you got the best out of you and and really made an impact in your career for me that was someone that's so when I was doing my music GCSE I went to a really like a really quite a bad school and there was just no there was just nothing and we had and when I was doing my music GCSE there was just like we had about five different teachers one of them anyway anyway so one of them um, was really really good and she didn't judge me on who she thought I was because I was quite a rebellious student so she didn't think oh you're not going to pay attention so I'm not going to even try I'm just going to make sure that you're quiet um, and what happened was she helped me she kind of encouraged me to write this composition which was then submitted to this um, competition and then it got played by symphony and there was wow. like one person from each school and that I'd been the first person that this that this to be picked ever from my school because it was right. so atrocious <laughs> but she <laughs> made a massive difference because she so she believed in me and she didn't judge me for she didn't prejudge me she her expectations she wasn't using she wasn't basing her expectations on my behavior she kind of she saw you know she read in between the lines she kind of saw through me a little bit rather than just yeah judging me and she also knew she also had a a good understanding of music like it wasn't like she wasn't teaching us these crazy things but all these teachers like didn't bother didn't play an instrument in front of us didn't sing in front of us they didn't do anything where she brought out her saxophone that's great love that 
Uh, Laura, have you? I guess I think I have two. I have have one um, who when I was when I first learned the saxophone. Um, so before I went to college, and he, I, I'd been learning music since like, for so many years, um, but I just I was not very confident at all, um, and he just he was just like he just made it really simple. He was just like you're gonna. I said I was like I really want I like music's my thing. Like I know music's my thing. I just not really good at it yet, <laughs> and so he just he knew what I needed to learn to get to go to study music. I was like, that's what I want to go do. And he just, we had like six months together and he just, he just did it. And it was just, it was an enjoyable process, but also he was like, he somehow managed to be like, make it fun, but also be like fairly strict. Like you, 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 he, like he made it like practice feel like exciting. And like, I, like I had to do it, but because I wanted to do it, um, he just he just had it all. He's an he's an amazing teacher. Um, so he yeah, and he got me to. I played this instrument for like I think also like eight months before I went to study it. Um, <laughs> just like did this audition like with this piece, and it it just made it all just feel really simple. Whereas I think like it's often approached as like oh well like it was well you grade seven like oh it's a bit hard but he he was like that he was just like here's his piece and that's that and you learn it like this um and then the other one there was a teacher at Leeds Conservatoire um my last year and the, the person that gave me one-to-one lessons he just totally got what I was about and i been studying jazz saxophone but he he could see that it, like for me it was more about like sound and like composition and like more than just like this the instrument and jazz um and we would just sit together for a long time at the piano and he just had a really open approach um and sometimes he'd be like he, he I don't know he'd just like get me to do things then he'd leave the room and it's like, then he's come, I, if I was like getting frustrated with something, he'd then suddenly he'd be like, play this thing or like, try this out and then just walk out of the room. <laughs> and then um, would come back in and like, I'd come up with this piece or whatever it was. I don't know. He was just really inspiring in his methods. Like maybe they weren't as like um, traditional, I guess, as some people, but they, I don't know, they just set me up for a lifetime of fun. So, well done to those Brilliant! <laughs> well, I've just got one last question. Um, so, if you could get, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to specifically say primary uh, teachers, um, because I want to focus on this area of education. And obviously, primary is, is like our introduction to learning about music. Um, so, if you could get all of the primary school teachers in a room to say something about music teaching, what would you say? And it doesn't have to be anything profound. It can just be, you know, oh, don't worry about it. Or what would you say? What we would say to them. Yeah. What would you say to them? Okay. Oh, I thought you were saying like, what would we get them to say? Oh to no, them? no, don't plan. You don't have right, to plan yeah, their yeah. lessons or anything. I just mean. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So if if we could advise prime like 
yeah, just something, something that might all the press. help yeah, okay. with, you know, because you're someone who, it's your job to do music. And what would you say? I'd say on the count of three, we're going to scream. <laughs> yes. <laughs> love yes, that. love that. <laughs> I'd say on the count of four, we're going to breathe. Ooh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I would just say relax. And um, ev- everyone can, yeah, you can sing. Because I, I think... Uh, from primary school teachers that I've worked with, they're, they're, they some of the easiest ways that they can um, access music is to use our voice and our bodies, because um, so many schools haven't got access to more mm-hmm. than that. Um, but then so many teachers are afraid to sing and to use their voice and to use their bodies. So I guess it would be um, like relax and like you know we can you can find ways to do it. Um, yeah, something in that. Yeah, love that. That's brilliant. Uh, yeah, I would probably say don't be down on yourself. Like like you were saying about singing, teachers do it all the time where they'll be drawing something and they'll go, oh, oh, I'm so bad at drawing, I can't do art. Or they'll do, you know, they do it all the time or I can't sing. But actually, y- you can, you can really. And you need to set mm. that example and, and just not really care too much. Um and primary school teachers are amazing because they do it all. They do all the subjects, yeah. and it's incredible. At a time where um, kids are trying to like also understand how to behave mm. and how like who all these different people are and just how life works, how the body works. Like there's there's so much that kids at that age are learning, um, and primary school teachers take all of that on plus all of the subjects. So if I mean they're amazing they can do what they already do they can they can definitely do the music music. (laughs) well thank you so much for your time today um and thank you all for listening tune in for the next episode uh this has been the primary music teaching podcast see you next time bye